Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What is going on, my people? It is August 19th, about 6.30. Nick Mullins has just entered the game for the Birds against the Pats. And I said it's time. Fire up the old Apple computer, grab my mic, and start podcasting. Because that's what I do. I'm a podcaster. So uh, luckily that profession exists right now. Because if it didn't, who knows? Maybe Who knows what I'd be doing? Might be unemployed. Hell, I don't have that many skills. But I can't talk about football. And we got a lot going on. I actually had a take about the Patriots before the game. And now I got to scrap it because I don't even think it's right. I'll dive into something I saw tonight. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the Jamal Adams and the money that the Seattle gave him. And just, you know, I... I, I have a I have a thought that it, the Seattle gave him a good contract. They screwed up at a, in a different area when it comes to Jamal Adams. We'll talk a little bit about some gambling, hard knocks, kind of stinks, and uh, and yeah, and we'll take your listener questions at John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Fire in those DMs, get your question answered. If you listen on Collins' feed, please subscribe to my feed, separate from Collins' feed, and uh, if you could leave a review, Apple iTunes. Obviously, big week for preseason. It's really hard to tell. You know, I mean, Belichick played the guys for a while, but let's face it, the majority of teams do not take preseason seriously anymore. The NFL now with these joint practices, most of these teams pretty consistently do multiple joint practices. So clearly, they treat those joint practices with their ones as what used to be the preseason games. Preseason games used to be a little bit better. They suck now. I mean, for the most part. 
because you're never going to get both teams playing there, guys. And depending on the game, maybe both teams don't play anybody. So you might get lucky, get one team, plays their starters for a couple series. But if I'm if I'm Andy Reid or Belichick, it's like, I'll go a couple series, but I'm playing my starters against your backups. So how long am I really going to go? If, if we were both playing our starters, maybe we go a quarter, maybe we go two quarters. But I get back, once I get past a couple series, I'm like, what, what, are, we, what are we accomplishing here? It, it's just risky, especially when we practice all week long. So the preseason, uh, not that it was ever great, but really kind of sucks. I don't think anyone in the NFL sells early quite like Belichick. I mean, he's the modern day Walsh. He's really wired a lot like Billy Bean and all his minions that are all over baseball right now. They're unemotional. Uh, They look at players like they're not emotionally tied. And Bill, when it comes to draft picks, he doesn't care. He could draft you in the first round. Two years later, you suck. And he's not a, you know, he's hit or miss as a drafter. He'll get rid of you. Most general managers, because they can't afford to just throw away first or second round picks or whatever, they hold on to guys too late. Listen, everyone listening who follows a team knows a player that their GM held on for too long. Hell, Ryan Pace held on to Trubisky for four years. It's like it was clear about by year two and a half. Like, hey, this buddy, this ain't working. But he refused to pivot. And honestly, he's not alone. A lot of guys do that. But Belichick, and same with free agent signings. And Bill re-signed Cam. And listen, I've said over and over, Cam deserves a lot of credit. Because I think over the years in Carolina, Cam was a polarizing figure, right? We all knew he was an immense talent. You could nitpick his game. But like a lot of people, you know, the antics, the first down stuff, people thought he was a front runner. I was at the Super Bowl when he acted kind of weird after the game, didn't go after the fumble, whatever. I think we all respected his toughness and just, you know, he'd lay it on the line in most games. Maybe not that Super Bowl, but kind of a flawed passer. Then Belichick gets him at the end of his career. It looks like he's shot. If you watch the first preseason game, you went, legitimately, he might be shot. There's nothing left. My take before the game started was like, are we sure Cam's going to make the team? Because we've seen over and over, Bill Belichick does not give a shit. And I Googled... They had paid him like $1.5 million. Now, granted, it's not Bill's money, but it just didn't feel like, are we sure that Mac Jones is not going to win the starting job? Then you watch tonight. Now, granted, the Eagles are playing backups. Cam looked really good. That's as good as he's looked in a couple years, just in terms of his accuracy, his poise. Now, granted, the Eagles backup defensive linemen, they're getting no pressure. So it's truly hard to tell. I've, I heard, I don't think it went great for Cam during Eagles. Uh, Patriot practices. Actually, according to all reports and some people on the ground floor, I think the Eagles kind of took it to the Patriots. Now, granted, the Patriots left some guys at home. Both tight ends weren't there. Gilmore wasn't there. But a big part of that is Cam just wasn't very good. So it's it's hard to tell with Belichick. Mac Jones looks good relative, you know, in a preseason environment against the Reese. He looks calm. He looks collected. He can run their offense because what do the Patriots do? Let's face it, and this is no shade at Tom. I think he's the greatest quarterback ever. They run kind of a dink and dunk operation. They throw to the running backs. They throw to the tight ends. They aren't really a down-the-field passing team. That ain't their deal. That's not the offense Josh McDaniels has run with Tom. And they won three Super Bowls in like the last six years doing that. Now, Tom orchestrated it. Tom was in control. But they are very comfortable doing that uh, and playing defense and kicking field goals. Well, I was watching tonight... Their field goal kicker, I don't know if it's their backup field goal kicker or their actual field goal kicker, has missed every single kick. And he hasn't even been close. Like, that's the type of thing, you do that, Belichick might leave you at the stadium. He might not allow you to come back on the plane. 
Like, you can't miss that many field goals and play for Bill. But I, I thought there was a chance if tonight went bad and this next game went bad, maybe they just cut Cam. And they go with Mac and they go with Brian Hoyer. Because I've heard Colin talk about this and it just makes sense. Mac and, Mac and Cam have nothing in common, right? Cam is a short yardage goal line running back, basically, at this point, who can hit a pass every once in a while. Where Mac is your prototypical pocket quarterback, can't move at all. So having Mac back up Cam, you're going to run plays for Cam that you would never run for Mac. And that's your backup quarterback. So you have to change the whole offense back when Cam comes in. Or excuse me, when Mac comes in, if Cam either gets hurt or you have to bench him, wouldn't it make more sense just to go with Mac? Now, I don't think that's going to be the case. I also think I am not going to sell Belichick short. Last year, their team was terrible. If John Gruden was the head coach, if Mike Zimmer had been the head coach, if Pete Carroll had been the head coach, I think the Patriots, with that version of Cam, win three games. But because Bill is such a great coach, they went 7-9. and nine. So their talent is clearly better. We know they're going to be good on defense. If their offense is just, it doesn't have to be peak Brady, Welker, Gronk, Randy Moss. It just has to be like middle of the pack. We know they're going to be able to run the ball. Couldn't the Patriots kind of be a bounce back, sneaky, pretty hard out? Now, I don't know if they have enough talent to win like 11 games, but I think 10-7, and if they get good quarterback play, is very, very possible. Now, can, is Cam good enough at this point in time to do that? I don't know. I would probably lean he's not. I don't trust a guy that just can't hit throws. I mean, he's not a very accurate player. And he's never been accurate, but now that he's injured. But he clearly fits in there. People really like him. That's what I was saying. Like, Cam has learned a lot of, earned a lot of equity in his just two years with the Patriots. Because who would have thought five years ago, you know, Cam's just going to go to New England. They're going to love him. Most people would have been like, I don't know if that's going to work. Don't really, you know, I don't, I don't, it might be a little conflict between, you know, the, the, the structured environment and kind of Cam. But it turns out he's thrived and they love him. Hell, they re-signed him off a horrendous year. So he's earned my respect. And listen, I always respected him, but like, I, I just think more highly of him than I did. Definitely. Now, can he fend Mac off is the question. And then that to me is the number one question in regards to the Patriots. I also think the Eagles are going to be a little better than you think. They have legit offensive talent. I mean, Goddard is really good, the tight end. Ertz is still solid, even though he's going through like this midlife crisis with his blonde hair. Devontae Smith is going to be a solid player. Rager is making these highlight plays in practice. If they just get something out of him, he was a first-round pick. Miles Sanders, the running back from Penn State, baller. They have good offensive weapons. And one thing for my birdies on the street, I think Jalen's just better than we all thought. He throws it actually pretty well. He throws a tight spiral, powerful arm, and he's actually been pretty accurate from what I've heard in camp. Now, is that going to translate to the season? We don't know. Defensively, their D-line is going to be legit. Back seven, kind of questionable. We'll see. But most teams, you know, can't cover. If they have a top-flight defensive line, the Eagles you know, could be a could be a sleeper. Not to, like, be some playoff-dominant team, but the division sucks. The, the Cowboys' defense is going to be one of the worst in the league. Dak's injury status is clearly up in the air. They can say whatever they want, but until we see him play, we don't know. Washington is very, very dependent on Fitzpatrick, who had a good year last year, but we'll see. Doesn't usually have back-to-back good years. Now, their defense is awesome. Uh, the Giants, like, their quarterback might just stink. 
So you, I don't think it's inconceivable that eight and nine wins this division. It felt like four wins won it last year. So I mean, honestly, what did win it? Was it six and ten or seven and nine won it? You, I, I think it's conceivable that eight and nine you at least have a chance. And if Jalen hurts, who if he's good, I was completely wrong because I thought he was a running back. But if he's just solid, just like you know, somewhere between fifteen and twenty as a quarterback. Because think about last year, Wentz. Wentz was basically the worst quarterback in the league the majority of his starts. Completely healthy. Just the worst quarterback in the league. Turning it over nonstop. Just not playing very well. So if Jalen is just like quarterback 18, I, 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 I do think the Eagles, who, again, we all think the Patriots are going to be solid. They were just working them in practice. Like the ones on the ones. Now, like I said, Johnu Smith, I think Hunter Henry's hurt. Is Gilmore, Gilmore pulling a hold in? I don't think he's practiced. He wants a new contract. Belichick's not huge on giving third contracts to guys, so my advice, Stefan Gilmore, would be <laughs> have fun waiting because I, I don't know if that money's coming. Uh, I, you know, the Patriot kicker, he finally hit one. Game's still rolling. But, you know, it was, it was entertaining preseason night. Okay, let's talk about Jamal Adams, and it's something I've been talking about for a while uh, about the stalemate and the not understanding how they couldn't get the deal done. I got to retract some of my quote-unquote criticism for Seattle on one element of this whole situation. They gave him a very, very team-friendly contract. And we will get into some other numbers for other players who were traded who got a lot more money. I will never you know, criticize a team. I don't care what position the guy plays. In 2021, given where the cap's going, given the money that's flowing into the league, paying a player who has Pro Bowl potential and Pro Bowl ability, $38 million guaranteed. So that that's a high-level deal. But let's, there are two elements to this contract, the Jamal Adams-Seattle situation that I want to look at. One, you have to look at it like this. What do you pay to acquire the player? And not in free agency, right, where you just pay them cash to get them to your team. In the draft and in trades, we always ask, what was the capital, right? I had to use the number three pick to get Trey Lance, but I also had to trade two other ones to get up there. So it was very, very expensive, right? The Jets just used pick two on Zach Wilson. The Bears used multiple first-rounders the first round pick this year and next year to get Justin Fields. That is the price of acquisition. To get Khalil Mack, it was two ones and a three. To get Jalen Ramsey, it was two ones and a two. To get Stephon Diggs, it was a one. What? How much capital, draft capital, do you have to use to acquire the player, either in the draft or in the trade market? Just that simple. And then, once you acquire that player, given that, when you make a trade for a younger ascending player, you got to pay them. So it's a double whammy, right? When I just draft, use my capital to get a rookie, I get them under a fixed contract. When I acquire a player, Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, Stephon Diggs, uh, Jamal Adams, I then have to use my salary cap cash and usually a lot to pay them. So to me, the number two, what they actually paid them, no beef. Guaranteed money, I'm talking total guarantees, $38 million. Here's some other examples. Khalil Mack got 90. Now, obviously, different positions are worth more, 
But again, $90 million for Khalil Mack. Jalen Ramsey, 71. Now, I would take Khalil Mack and Jalen Ramsey over Jamal Adams. That's not the point. But we have to, because I see a lot of people like, I can't believe they paid that much. They didn't pay that much. It's basically like a two-year contract. 38 million. Diggs last year got $40 million. I have zero issues with the contract. Props to Seattle. It was pretty well reported. They had this contract offered to them for weeks, and they didn't budge. And they shouldn't have. This is a fair contract. A lot of money, but relative to the rest of the league, not that much money. Like the 49ers last year with George Kittle. They got him for like $30 million guaranteed. Amari Cooper a year ago got 60. So what they actually paid Jamal Adams, good business. My issue though is what they paid to acquire him. It, it doesn't look great. Because typically when you acquire, like it made sense for Khalil Mack and Jalen Ramsey. Those are true premium positions. Definitely more pass rusher than corner. But Jalen's such a lockdown corner in a passing league. Two, one, two ones and a two. I, I can do that. Two ones and a three. Somehow John Gruden put a pick swap in there for Khalil. Impacts the passing game. I dig that. Stephon Diggs last year, who is an elite wide receiver, cost a one. Obviously impacts the passing game greatly. Is a wide receiver. The question for Jamal Adams is, does he impact the passing game truly? I've talked to a couple people in the league, and they described him as someone who plays forward, not backwards. He's a great tackler. He's a great run defender. He's a good pass rusher, but you can't ask your safety to pass rush that often. I don't know, because you need him back in defense. The problem, as a stat that I saw yesterday, Vince Wilfork, who is probably about 350 pounds, has more career interceptions than Jamal Adams. So what was the market in a passing league? He's a good player. I am a Jamal Adams fan. I just think they overpaid to acquire him. And I get they're in win-now mode. You can't think like that. Who else was offering two ones, right? Couldn't a one and a two have got him? I give the Jets a lot of credit for getting two ones and a two. That's not what he was worth. The, The Seattle dramatically overpaid. Think about this, Minka Fitzpatrick, who I'm going to wear this one, I was wrong. I thought the Steelers were morons when Ben tore his elbow for trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, in 2019 and 2020, Minka Fitzpatrick has been a first-team All-Pro in the passing game. That's where he impacts the game. Now, obviously, he's a good tackler. He can play in the box, too. He's great in space, playing the ball. He's an elite, elite space player, going backwards. So, listen, I would want Jamal Adams on my team. And I would be willing to give a first-round pick for him, especially when I know he's not going to be that expensive. I think the only place where you can be critical with Seattle is the capital they gave up to acquire the player. Because I can't imagine there were other teams lined up for Jamal Adams at that price point. And I say it all the time in the draft. It's a marketplace. Trades are a marketplace. There were 10 teams lined up when Khalil Mack, when John Gruden put him on the open market. It's like the equivalent when you see Forbes and they put the valuation of these NFL teams. It's completely fake. Because if you just put these teams up for bidding, like what are the San Francisco 49ers worth? What are the Las Vegas Raiders actually worth? The Seattle Sea. Let an open bidding for the super rich guys, three or four of them bid for the team. If you think it's worth $3 billion, you'll get four and a half. I'll promise you. 
Like, that was going to happen with Khalil Mack. Hell, that was probably happening with Jalen Ramsey. I can't imagine that happening with Jamal Adams. Not for that price. I think we see it all the time right now in the housing market, which is actually slowing down. But you start seeing some of these houses, you're like, these people are paying like a million dollars over asking in some of these areas. I mean, just the normal houses going for 250 grand over asking. You're like, Jesus, but someone's willing to pay for it. So when people are willing to pay for it, if you want to get a house, that's the cost of doing business. That is a Khalil Mack. That is a Jalen Ramsey. It's always going to be conducive for the seller. I just don't, I, I, I get, you know, Joe Douglas, like what was his true leverage? Like, hey, you want a good, really good box safety? <laughs> like teams in the league just lining up like they were for these other two guys? Especially when Stephon Diggs went for a one. Minka Fitzpatrick went for a one. Like, I, I don't, I just don't quite understand how Seattle got to that valuation. Because I I just you canvas the rest of the league. Was any other team offering a one and two? And what was Joe Douglas gonna say? We're just gonna keep him? Remember, he did not want to play there. Him and Adam Gase hated each other. It was very contentious. The Jets were trying to kind of move forward. He was gonna get traded. So just a, uh, you know, it's and it's easy to play the Monday morning quarterback. So I, I'm being critical of something in the past, which again, I give John Schneider credit for the negotiation. That is a good, you know, that is a very, very fair amount of money to pay a player. I, I, I just think you can question the amount of draft capital. I don't care how many picks they've missed on. You give up two ones and a two, you know, my mom might eventually hit on a pick. So th- these guys, that's just... That, that, that's a lot of draft capital give up for a player that clearly has some flaws. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. 
Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I say it all the time, and example after example after example just hammer home this point. The difference in the NFL and basically any other business that's throwing around that level of cash is the impact of human beings, right? I, I Just so many other people that my friends, your friends, whatever you do, the industries you work on that are determined by a product, that are determined by a service. In the NFL, when you draft a guy 10th overall and you pay him $17.5 million dollars, There is no, you can overcome because the product's really good or the food's really good or the location's great. That player has to be good. There are no other variables besides that individual has to be a good player. Or you miss on the pick. It is the ultimate human business. And you could argue that most businesses are determined by humans, and there is a big element of that in any business. But there is no business quite like the NFL where it's every pick, every player, like it's up to him. And you just never know because there is a freaking human element. How the guy's going to handle adversity, how the guy's going to handle success, how the guy's going to handle money, how the guy is just going to handle playing football at a higher level. And Josh Rosen was a player who, when he came out, I was a big fan of. I would have had no problem drafting him in the top 10. I thought it was a really good pick by the Arizona Cardinals. It not only was a terrible pick, he's one of the biggest busts in recent memory. If this ends right now, and I think it might, having seen him at practice, he's not any good. He will go down his career having less starts in the NFL than Jamarcus Russell. And here's the thing. Jamarcus Russell failed, but we all know why. He was lazy. 
He got addicted to the purple drink. Like, it was self-inflicted. Even to this day, people go, you know, Jamarcus had a lot of talent. He just didn't put in any effort, didn't give a shit. And then it was too late. And people were out on him. Josh Rosen, no one's saying he's not trying. He's not maximizing everything he has. It turned out this guy that was drafted 10, and I would say, I don't want to say universally, but most people agreed that talent was not the issue with Rosen, remember? It was maturity. It was, you know, he was kind of a different cat. It was, he comes from a lot of wealth. Does football mean that much to him? And it does feel like he's put all the chips in the middle of the table. And it's simply exposed his talent was not great. He can't move. Being at practice, he's not even accurate. He's out of the league. He's cut. He passed through waivers. He's just not an NFL player. Again, his career, if it ends right now, and listen, he might bounce around in a practice squad or two. It's one of the crazier fall from graces I've ever seen. He wasn't a second-round pick. He was, he was the 10th pick in the draft. I got to give the Cardinals credit. Because not only did they pivot, they pivoted quickly. And they got a quarterback who, listen, Kyler Murray, we'll see if he ever becomes like a, a Pro Bowl-level guy. He's clearly really talented, and on his worst day, he's better than Josh Rosen on his best day. Josh Rosen can't beat out Nate Sudfeld. Remember Nate Sudfeld? The guy that the Eagles put in, Week 17, and the internet basically uh, waged World War III that the Eagles were throwing the game? Sometimes when I see Nate Sudfeld at Niner practice, all I can think about was like, the internet viewed you as the guy the Eagles used to tank. You were the guy that the internet thought you suck so much that they put you in the game to try to lose. That's the guy that Josh Rosen could not beat out. Not to be the backup, not to be the starter, to be the third string quarterback for the 49ers. And right now, it feels like it's over, which is insanity. And it just gets back to, there is no such thing as high floor in sports. There is absolutely no such thing. There's high ceilings, and certain guys have higher ceilings than other guys. There is no floor. It does not exist because you are dealing with human beings. Trent Richardson is a good example. Even if you weren't the biggest Trent Richardson fan, you would have been like, well, I'd be able to play in the league for a long time. It was clear like two years in, he's not a good player. He He's slower than molasses. He stinks. It's eye-opening to see, but when you see it, you know it. And it just, it, it's over for Rosen. Crazy couple other things that stood out to me last week or this week. I tried to watch Hard Knocks. I, I couldn't make it through five minutes of the second episode. Now, the last several years, I watched the show for you. Because I know a lot of people like it. And I want to be informed in what's going on. And I like football. So it's, give me a reality show for an hour. Some F-bombs. Some touchdowns. Some people yelling at each other. It was an easy watch. I think it's never been worse. I don't think it's very exciting anymore. I don't think it's very interesting. I find it boring. And a huge element of that is the teams now run it. HBO has no juice. They just film it and they're told what they're allowed or not allowed to put out. Which, I find things on team-run YouTube accounts, like the Indianapolis Colts. They have run a draft series now for several years that is fantastic. Even if they're giving me 
you know, probably the, you know, the G-rated version of the draft conversations, I get to go in their draft meeting. I get to watch Ballard and Frank discuss players. Their scouts talk about guys. It's cool. The Jets did a lead-up this year to the draft. Or I guess it might have been the season. I don't even remember. They did like a four-part series. Joe Douglas, obviously, you know, all their new coaching staff, Sala, the player. It was just, I thought it was interesting. I'm watching the Cowboys. One of the things hard knocks, the curveball they always had was they would go into the personnel meeting room where the coaches and the executives would talk about players. Because the reality is in football, like I'm sure it's like this in basketball and baseball, those conversations are powerful. They can be negative. You can be just blasting a player. He's not good enough. We need to cut this guy. We need to replace replace this guy. Or they can be informative. The second round guy, we need to get him better. We need to get him up to speed. You don't get any of that crap anymore. They have x that out of the show. And for me, that sucks. Because to me, that was a huge reason that when I watched the show in 2000, probably to like 2007 or 8, that inspired me to want to work in football. I'm like, that is, I want to be a part of those meetings. And I'll never forget, the first time I was allowed in at Eagles training camp to that meeting is one of the coolest experiences of my football career. Andy at the head of the meeting, the entire coaching staff, Howie, Riddick, some of the you know executives going around the table and the coaches talking. I'm like, I'm a kid in a candy store. I obviously didn't say a word. I just had my notepad. I don't. I didn't take any note. There wasn't. I just sat there and watched. I'm like, this is sweet. This is what I always watched on Hard Knocks. This is what, we don't get that anymore. What the teams? I don't blame the teams. They don't want that out because if you're talking shit about a player. It'll just go viral on social media. They don't want that. But that's what's really happening. So once you stop showing that, like, does Hard Knocks really have a value anymore? Everything comes to an end. And clearly technology has changed the game. The 49ers do a show. Hell, whatever team that you root for that you're listening to this, your team does something on YouTube. An inside look with the coaches and the general managers during the season, during the offseason. Do we even need Hard Knocks anymore? I'm not trying to hate on the Cowboys. I don't blame them for trying to be boring. All these teams the last couple years have tried to do that. And if your coach is not a big enough personality, like Bill O'Brien was a couple years ago, where he was just a nut job, it's not a good watch. It's not fun anymore. And listen, one thing we realized with reality TV as the years went on is reality TV is not actually reality TV, right? It's scripted. We know all these reality television shows, Desperate, not Desperate Housewives, but Housewives of LA or whatever reality show you watch, it's like a television show now. It's it's all fabricated, scripted. They, they create it. And we're okay with that. We just watch it for dumb entertainment. I think it's hard with the NFL. It's like this is, because the actual real stuff is happening, but we don't even feel like we're getting it anymore. That saddens me. And I, I'm just, I wanted to let everyone know that I'm officially out. Hard Knocks has lost me. And I am someone who makes his living off talking about football, who watches, uh, I mean, an unhealthy amount of football Friday through Monday, or I guess Thursday through Monday for five months. It's literally the lifeblood of my survival economically. And, and they lost me. It sucks that bad. Sad. A lot of people have asked me over-unders. 
John, when are you going to give us some over-under so we can gamble on? I've been thinking about this. And listen, I've been gambling since I was probably 17 years old. We uh, In California, we have Indian casinos. Depending on where you live, right, you might have normal casinos. Now gambling's becoming more and more legal. Casinos are going to pop up all over America. I, the sad part is California. Indians have a lot of juice. They're making a lot of money, have a lot of political contacts. I don't think we're going to be the last state to have gambling be legal in. But it'll eventually happen. There's too much money in the line. But we used to have this Cash Creek. We still do. I actually play golf there sometimes in Northern California. And it's about 45 minutes from where I grew up. And I used to go there and play blackjack. And you're going to find a lot of people over the next several years. You know, the one thing that Colin's talked about gambling for, like Colin gambles. A lot of people in this space are going to talk about gambling in the in the sports media. That you, you could, They wouldn't put $5 on a game if their life depended on it. They'll never gamble. But they'll do it because they think it's cool to talk about and that's, you know, their bosses will want them to talk about, but they don't know what they're talking about. I've been gambling for 20 years and sports gambling for about 15. I have never placed an over-under bet, but so many people have DM'd me like, hey, let's pick some good over-unders, let's make some over-under bets. And then I really kind of looked into it and listen, maybe closer to the season in the next couple weeks, I'll go through all the divisions, we'll, I'll go through all the over-unders and I'll go over-under on what their projected win total is. That would be cool. But the actual bet to place an over-under bet, to me, is pretty stupid. Now, full disclosure, like $100, if I bet $100 on a game, that's probably the minimum amount of money I'd have to bet on a game to even make it somewhat interesting. The problem, it doesn't even make it that much that interesting. So I got to put like five, you know, I could probably put $300 on a game, make it interesting, but definitely $500. But anyone who's gambled knows you could lose. So if you're placing $500 on a game, you, you place three or four of those, all of a sudden you're 2K in the hole. So I, I got to be careful with my gambling. I, I, I really pick and choose as I get older. I actually just been gambling on golf because I can bet less and win more. In football, to win $500, you typically got to bet $500, right? Maybe if you bet a big underdog, you might get two to one, but the, the big underdog for a reason. They're probably not going to win. So you probably don't want to place those bets. I was looking at the over-unders. I actually think that's the worst bet going. Because if, if you're going to win any substantial amount of money, let's say you're going to place $500 on the Falcons under, which is even odds, and they're under a 7.5. So I got to get $500 September 10th or 5th or whenever I want to place it before the season. I don't get that money back till January whatever, 1st or 2nd or whatever the last week 17 ends. So I'm out $500 for four and a half months. At least if I bet on a game or I bet on the Super Bowl odds or to win a division, I get way better odds, three, four to one, so I can 4X my money. Well, if I'm betting over-unders, the odds are awful. For example, if I wanted to take, let's say I think John Gruden's going to be a disaster this year. The Raiders under is seven. They're over-under seven, which I'd probably take the over. I think there'll be eight, nine wins. But let's say I wanted to take the under. It's minus 145. Or excuse me, the o, excuse me, the over 7 is minus 145. Meaning, if I wanted to win $1000, I'd have to bet $1450. So I'd have to bet that in September and wait till January to find out if I win or lose. Now obviously if it goes well or bad, you'll know before then. But still, that's that's a lot. But you don't get paid out till the season ends. As a gambler, 
I and and listen, over-unders are something we all talk about, and they are fun to talk about just from a pure win-loss standpoint, but from an actual gambling standpoint, terrible. <laughs> I, and let's say let's say you're gonna bet fifty dollars on an over-under, which might be a lot of money to someone. You have to wait four months for fifty bucks? That seems insane. You might as well just put fifty dollars on a game you like week one. Find out if you win or lose, I don't know, by the end of the weekend. So this these over-unders, if you play it, fire me a DM. Are they are they that fun? Like I is it actually easier than I think? Because I, I've really looked at it hard this week and I, I, I don't find it appealing at all. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest 
car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's go a little mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up in those DMs like my guy John did here. Pete Carroll is getting up there in age, and I'm not sure he is aligned with Russell on the direction of the Seahawks. If Pete Carroll retired at the end of the season, how attractive would Seattle be as a destination for a top coaching town? Thanks. Keep it up. I mean, I, I think they would be highly desirable. I, I think they'd have the pick of the litter. They have a star quarterback. They have star players, right? I mean, DK Metcalf's a star. Bobby Wagner's a star. Jamal Adams is a star. They have a great fan base. Uh, but again, they have a star quarterback who's in his early 30s. They have a big-time general manager. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would... I mean, I think they'd have a lot of options, for sure. You mentioned Earl Thomas and wanted to get your thoughts on him being in the league this year. Also, Tebow should have tried out as a fullback with his knowledge of the backfield. Tried to leave a review, but Apple is probably slowing my phone, so I need to buy a new one. Earl Thomas, yeah, I mean, it, he was out of the league last year, right? Once that thing happened in Baltimore, it got weird. I, I don't quite know, clearly... I don't know if diva is the right word, but he just can't interact or get along with people anymore for whatever reason. And he's not as good. So as Doc Rivers once famously said, you got to be better than your problems. And it's like a supply-demand chart. The moment your problems are bigger than your ability, adios, (laughs) bye-bye. You know, in pro sports, they're paying you so much money. Once you become a pain in the ass... And your game starts slipping. It's it's why guys that are high character guys, that as their game slips, they play for much longer because people like them. People want them around. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't been an elite player in years. Cardinals love that guy. You know, there, there's something to be said about having high character guys who are star players and keeping them around. And the moment you start booting guys, it's usually because something's up. And I don't pretend to know what's up, but, you know, John Harbaugh said, like, get out of here, bro. How beneficial has it been for Josh Allen to have Dayball for three going on four years? Do you think if the Bills make the playoffs again, Dayball is going to get a head coaching job? And could that set Josh Allen back? Yeah, it's, it's definitely beneficial. I mean, anytime, think about any situation you've had, right, in work. When you work around the same people, over and over again, you have a big advantage. There's continuity. 
And in football, when it comes to the offensive coordinator, of course there's continuity. Now, because Josh Allen was quote-unquote such a big project, that having Josh Allen, having the individual that coached him up, I mean, right, their, their head coach is not the guy coaching him on a daily basis. Now, Sean impacts him from a mentality standpoint, from a mentality standpoint. Did I say mentality twice? From a psychological standpoint, for sure. And sets the tone on the franchise. But in terms of X's and O's and dropbacks and, you know, the or the offensive philosophy and playing the position, Dayball plays a huge role, for sure. So, yeah, it'll, it'll hurt. But I do think it's a bigger deal like when a when a first-year or second-year quarterback loses their coordinator. Josh is going to have four years under his belt. That's, that's, he's played the league for a little while. So I, I think once you get to a point, you should be able to handle the guy leaving your side. Right? I'd say four or five years in the NFL, you know, with one coordinator is a pretty long time if the head coach is not the coordinator. That means you're probably going to have success and that guy's going to get a job. It's like, what are they, dog years is what, seven years? Right? So, you know, I'd say I'd say three years with a coordinator is like the equivalent of like, that's, that's usually the max for a top flight coordinator. They usually just become head coaches. It's like eventually we move out of our parents' house. We, we got to go be a grown-up. Well, kind of in college, you're actually not really a grown-up. You're just screwing around drinking and eating all the time. It's pretty glorious. Uh, normal life as you get older was not like that. So you actually don't become a grown-up probably till you graduate college. My question would be, who is your Super Bowl bubble this year? Coward reference there. Keep up the good work. We'll continue listening. I, I, I'm kind of going to ride the hits on this one. I mean, I think Tampa Bay, Green Bay... Kansas City. I mean, those would be my... I have a hard time seeing the Cleveland Browns get to the Super Bowl. I, I I just do. And I think they're going to be really good. I'd say the Chargers could be a sleeper team, but they have a massive unknown at coach. They, they, they just do. And Brandon Saley, highly thought of guy, but he's never coached a game in the NFL. Now, people think really highly of him. He's sharp. He had the number one defense last year. He has a good star young quarterback. They got star players. Chargers could be really good. But like the Browns, can you close your eyes and visit the Chargers in the playoffs? Or I'm not in the playoffs. They can make the playoffs. But in the Super Bowl? Last time they went to the Super Bowl, Natron Means played uh, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, Steve Young, Ricky Waters. Didn't go well. Steve Young threw six touchdowns in that game. Jerry Rice had three. Ricky Waters had three. Hey, John. Love the pot. Cardinals over under is sitting at eight. Which side would you take? Also, do you have any smart money picks for the coach of the year? I like Bill. I think Bill would be a good one. I think Brandon Staley would be a good one. Uh, if the Saints were to make the playoffs, I think Sean Payton could be a sleeper. Zimmer gets them back to the playoffs. He could be a sleeper. From Arizona, move back to Tempe. From Flagstaff, favorite bar up there is Collins Irish Pub for a great selection of whiskey. Miss it up there already. Inspired me to start my own landscaping company in Flagstaff. Can't wait to get my own finance company started soon. Jesus. This guy's a business fucking maven here. Good luck, buddy. Uh, Yeah, I I would say the Cardinals, I like them right at about eight. I mean, I I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Eight, nine, seven, kind of that range. I I just, I have a hard time seeing Cliff Kingsbury go like 10 and seven. I, I really do. I'm a loyal Broncos fan since Elway. 
I would like for you to tell me why I shouldn't murder Elway and Peyton for not trade, not drafting Justin Fields. He was in our lap at number nine, and they let him get by. I am distraught over this. I had someone tell me today that has been going to Broncos practice. Actually, I heard it through a third person. So this guy knows a guy who's been going to the Broncos practice. He said Patrick Sertain is awesome. He had the pick six in the preseason game. It's fair to say that guy's a baller. So at least if you are going to pass on a quarterback, you better hit a home run with the pick. And I, I, I'm it's August 19th, so I don't know if they hit a home run with the pick. But I feel confident that he's going to be a home run. Their defense is going to be elite. Offensively, like, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Justin Fields being there at nine is insane. How did Justin Fields, he's 6'3", he can run a 4'4", he's got a big arm, he was productive in college, I don't get it. But, like, listen, I, he wasn't, George Payton wasn't alone. Kyle Shanahan didn't like him. A lot of people, for whatever reasons, did not like Justin Fields. I just do not, for the life of me, understand that. High character guy, who played, started Ohio State, who beat Clemson in the playoffs, who can run like the wind, who's got a huge arm, who produced in college, I, I just, I, I, I'll i never be able to quite wrap my head around that. I understand why Deshaun Watson fell. He wasn't that fast. He was a 4-6-6 guy. He did not have a great arm. Remember when they did the arm strength, Mahomes blew it out of the water. Deshaun had the weakest arm of his class. Like, at least that's understandable. Mahomes going 10 was understandable. Played in the air raid. You know, he was all over the map. He was a major project. Justin Fields, 11? I, I, sometimes I think about that and I go, some things, some things in life don't make sense. Like Keenan Allen. I saw this highlight. They're practicing the Niners today. Keenan Allen's just smoking the Niners. Of course he is. The Niners don't have great DBs. I get why Keenan Allen went in the third round. He ran like a 4.75. People thought he couldn't run. But the thing is with Keenan Allen, the dude can just play. But your 40 time... Because like we always talk about in here, we're, the draft is a marketplace and, and individual attributes determine your market value for the draft. And when you run a slower 40, you fall in the draft a little bit. Devontae Adams, his, his college tape was elite. He was unreal. Then he ran like a 4.58. So he went in the second round. Now, clearly he should have been like a top 10 pick, but because he ran slow, he went a little later. Same with Keenan Allen. Those guys can play. Isn't it crazy that the, probably the three best wide receivers last year? Devontae's second rounder, Keenan third rounder, Diggs fifth rounder. Don't let them tell you it's where you start because that's, that's just not true. It does not determine your success. Now, dra- getting drafted high does help you get more chances, but the NFL, unlike the other sports, you can be drafted in the sixth round and become an all-pro. Happens all the time. I'm watching, I got the Eagles game on in the back I mean, Jason Kelsey, I think my second year there, was a six-round pick. Going to go down as one of the greatest Eagles of all time. Right? Like, ultimately, him and Fletcher, their careers, like, one guy got drafted top 15, the other guy got drafted late in the draft. Maybe he was a fifth-round pick, but just shows you. It's the best part about the league is that you can get drafted all over and become a star. It's really really what kind of separates the NFL. I think there's a dude for the Eagles. They're starting left tackle is a uh, dude from the Australian Rugby League. Pretty crazy. That's another thing. When does that ever happen? Good job coaching him up there. Okay, have a great weekend. Shoot me DMs. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. And uh, we'll go from there. Adios. Peace.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 